I want to talk to you about something. This is what's on my heart. I know what God has called us to do. I know this is a church and I know that I have to talk to you in a very serious way. I know that it's something that we, that when you come to a moment like this, how to address it, uh, is, is, uh, you know, the joy of it all. I'm full. You can't imagine the joy that I have and the call that I have and what's happening on the inside of me because as you move into things that God calls you to do, you step into anointings. And uh, we already have Georgetown, which is doing great. And uh, their, their church is doing well. The Lord's blessing over there. I love it because all the bills are paid. He's a salaried employee over there. And it's just a wonderful experience to put a pastor over there. To have been given a building like that and uh, be able to buy the building. And the Lord miraculously do that was a wonderful thing. And so we watched how God provided that. And we learned several things by doing that. I've always felt in my spirit that there was a call from God to develop young men and to develop ladies that would go into ministry, no matter what, you know, whether it were here or somewhere else, to, to impart to people what God has called us to do. And it's, it's not just words that you preach, but the way you live, the way you walk, the way you talk, the, the, you know, the life experience, I want, you know, Amy and I truly live in a glass house, so to speak. I mean, we are, you know, I mean, we just, we want to be uh, completely viable to the community without controversy. We want to make sure that we live up to a standard that God would want us to. And we want to develop men and women like that. Their relationships last, marriages work, children are well, all those things. And so we've, we've worked consistently to do that. And we're seeing that work. I mean, uh, obviously, Georgetown being number one. Then we felt led to go a different route. I didn't know what the next route would be because I don't think you can put everything in the same box. You know, we're looking for long-term success. I've been in the ministry my whole life. My mom and dad were in the ministry. They started when I was five years old or eight years old, something like that. And so I've seen the ministry in one way or another. I've seen huge churches come that are no longer, the buildings aren't even on the properties anymore. I've seen ministries come through that swept through like they were like they were sweeping the country and months later they don't even exist. Pastors that were there that everybody was cheering, they had them on pedestals. The next thing you know they're not even in the ministry anymore. We we don't want to develop anything like that. We we don't want to go there. We don't want that to be our legacy. As a matter of fact, when it's over with, we want people to say God did it. How many know God does it? And you're not building family worship centers, you're building churches. And they don't belong to us. They belong to God. You are the sheep of his pasture. It always bothered me when a church would talk about giving people in the church ownership. You have no ownership to give over something that God owns. God owns the church. We don't own the church. We're servants in the house of God. We are attenders to his house. And we need to make sure we're careful never to bridge that gap. Never to take what belongs to God and give it to man. I remember when I was just sitting with the Lord and the Lord just spoke in my spirit strongly and said, you've got to decrease that I may increase. Well, I understood that from two ways. Number one, we need him to be first. But I also understand it this way. I'm not going to be here forever. You know, Billy Graham, as wonderful as he was and as much as he did, he, he, he was a limited figure. We're only here for a short period of time. And if we build everything on us, we've built nothing. But what we can do is develop others from what we did. Jesus developed 12. Jesus developed more than that, obviously. But we know that he imparted himself in different ways to different people. Some were closer, some were at a distance. 
but he followed the Holy Spirit's guiding and leading. And we should do the exact same thing. Well, we went over to, to Columbia and we started differently. I had a man that could go. We went with finances. We found a building. We leased the building over there. It's different. It's a different process. It's a different program. And if people were judging the way we did the two churches or way we would do another church, they might feel like they weren't given the same amounts. But if you're in the ministry, God does not qualify you by the amount given. He qualifies you by the results of what you did with what you were given. I wish somebody would shout out amen. I have people in the church that have gotten mad because we didn't give to them the way they thought we gave to him. They wanted fairness in ministry. Like, like if you're going to bless him this way, you got to bless him this way. Jesus had John on his lap, but he didn't have others on his lap. We can't equate the church like we would equate equality. God gave different things to different people. He gave different things. And we have to do the same thing. I don't know what we're going to do and, and to tell you this so you can understand. We'll follow the process. Family Worship Center was built a little bit differently. Amy and I came here. We had remodeled homes. And in remodeling those homes, we had money. We came here with some money, and we were able to rent a building. We put our money into the building. We put signs on the building. We had nobody to come, but God began to provide people, and now we're here. And there's about, I'd say there's somewhere around maybe uh, between fifteen and 1,800 people that attend Family Worship Center and give here annually, which is a great number. It's a wonderful church. This is a great place. God's doing great things here. But how many know God is not just limited to Florence, South Carolina, in this building right here? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And so, I, I began the, 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 the sense that God wanted us to go again. Where do you want us to go? What's, what's the next position for Family Worship Center? Where's, where do you want us to go? Columbia's doing great. Their number, I think they had 54 or 55 last week. Which is wonderful. That's where they ought to be in a year, starting from nothing, starting differently, and they're doing it on their own. You know, sometimes, and I, amen. When I left Lakeland to start Family Worship Center, my pastor sat down with me and I told him what I felt the Lord had called me to do to come here and start this. And I still remember this conversation. And as he was sitting across the table from me, he looks across the table and he says, you're a little carnal. I was a little upset about that because I didn't think I was carnal. But I, I, I didn't understand that what he meant. I didn't, I didn't have a faith position that I needed. And then I, and looking back, if I could have started a little bit later, I probably, it probably would have worked better in the beginning. I was young and there was a lot of head knowledge and I need a little bit more heart knowledge. But, uh, we got over here and applied ourselves to the church, but I needed a little head shrinking to get a little heart growing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, it's okay. Let me say it this way. I had a big head. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a big head. And because of that, I, I, you know, there were some things God was working with me about. Trust issues. And, and there are things like that that God works out in pastors. And they have to come to the point where they trust the ministry. It's easier to come in, build a building, put a screen up. And, and all you did was put a screen up and you preach from wherever, from London or wherever, and you preach up there. You don't build uh, relationships that way that forward the ministry later. It limits the growth of the church at some point. At some point, there has to be a man of God in the house. 
that can lay hands on you, pray over you, do funerals, that has a word. Preachers are preachers because they preach. It's not the pulpit or turning on the lights. It's the words that they have. It's the message. It's what's coming out of their heart. And so we're not entertainment centers. God didn't call our churches to be places for entertainment. This is discipleship. This is about you growing in God. It's about you expanding your horizons. It's about you improving. So there were things that needed to be done. The same thing was true when we sent JT over to Columbia. There was a need there. There was a need. There were some things that JT needed to learn. And they needed to be learned personally. Somebody understand? I'll use this example. JT's probably watching. You know, they're about to have a baby. We thought it was going to come today, but it didn't. I'm just waiting on their little baby boy to show up. That's going to be great. But he's a little headstrong. How many know JT is a little headstrong? Everybody want to say amen? And he was more like a general than he was a preacher. Okay, I'll just go ahead and be truthful. You know, you think your pastor don't know anything? I know it. I know it. He needed to understand love for people. And this has brought him to a new place. It's brought him to new thinking. It's brought him to a new experience. I'm, I'm excited about it for him. I'm excited about it for our church. I'm excited about the Columbia ministry and what God's developing over there. Now God put it on my heart. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Sumter. I want you to go to Sumter. And so I drove my pastor around and I've, I've gone over there and looked and my wife and I are in total agreement. We know this is what God wants us to do. We know this is the next step for Family Worship Center. Just look at somebody and say, this is the next step for Family Worship Center. Now, I don't have a building over there yet, but I have a prospect. I was driving down the road, and I was I was waiting on the Lord. And I had driven several times. I'd walked into several buildings. I talked to real estate agents. And, 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 and in all sincerity, I could not get a piece. I mean, we'll do what we have to do. We know we're going. But we need, we need a God building. How many agree with that? It doesn't have to look like a man building. I come to find out, find out you can do a lot with any building if it's a God building. No matter what it looks like. There's something that's in your heart. So anyway, as I was driving down the road over there in, in Sumter, I just had gone into a building we'd been in before. They offered it to me. They told me they'd sell it to me for $100,000 down, and it was a $400,000 building, a total dump. And they give it to me, $100,000 down, we'll finance the three hundred. I don't want to do that, but I could. I looked at a pizza hut that used to be there, and they wanted $3,000, some odd something dollars a month for that building. It's kind of small with some parking, good location. But, I mean, just to tell you, I've been boom, 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 boom. I, I came out of a, a, a store over there, and as I came out of a store, I was asking God, show me a building. Show me a building. Show me a building. Show me the building you want us to have. As I was driving down the road, I looked off to the right, and I saw a building off the road in the back. There was no sign. There was nothing to indicate that it would even be interesting to anyone to sell it or or rent it or lease it or give it or whatever. And so I just felt led to turn in. So I turned into the property, and uh, and I and I just began to pray about it and look around the building and begin to search who owned the building. Who owns this building? I initially started making phone calls to what I saw on the internet, and none of the people that I would call had were the right owners or owned the building. But I stumbled on one uh, email or one text. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like I fe- it fell on me, the owner of the building. And so I called this number, and it was, in fact, the owner of the building. 
I have talked to the owner of the building. I've sat down with the owner of the building. I hunted down his office. I went and sat in his office. I didn't know who it was. Um, and, and, but wonderful man, tremendous person. Um, and we're going to meet tomorrow. We're supposed to, I hope to meet tomorrow and talk about this building one more time. Now I know this, unless you have something that's signature that you have confidence in, I can't tell you where that's at, who owns the building or anything like that, because they could certainly change their mind and they have every right to do it. It's their building, but I like the building. I like what we could do with the building. I think it would be perfect for us. I think it would be exactly, not only that, but I've come to realize something. God doesn't just bless us. He blesses those who bless us. I believe that not only does God want to bless us, but I also believe I can tell he's a giver. I can tell he's one of those people. And I, and you could just feel spirits. You understand what I'm saying? Just sense spirits. And, uh, and I think God has hooked us up. I'll just say that. I wouldn't tell him this. I mean, just, I wouldn't want him to think that I would have any manipulation. We would never do that. We would never take advantage of everyone. God has enough for all of us. But I do feel that there'll be a benefit not only to us, but how many know to him with this building? So I want to believe with him. And whatever the details are, we'll see tomorrow. It may be too much, maybe what I don't know what he's going to do. But I want you to take this day and the rest of this week, and I want you to pray about Sumter. But specifically today, I want you to pray about tomorrow that God will speak his heart to our heart and that God will work on our behalf and his behalf. If it's not what God wants us to have, then stop it. If it's what God wants us to have, then make it happen. Let me believe that's okay. Amen. Then what does that say to us? What do I need to say to Family Worship Center? What, what are the programs? What are the plans for Family Worship Center? Well, I want to say this, and I'm just going to, you know, I've, I'm coming out of pneumonia. Would y'all mind if I just sit down here and talk? Because I, I, I don't want to pass out on you. Amen. Here's what the Bible says. Now, I want to read something from C.S. Lewis. I like what he said here. Every uh, faculty you have, your power of thinking, or your moving of your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, already his. That's a pretty good statement, isn't it? That we're not just giving him something that we have, but it's it's his. It belongs to him. And when we turn over in Matthew 25, there's a great scripture that deals with this whole process of giving. I've touched on it a little bit, but I think we ought to read it together. If you would, just turn over there. We'll start at verse 14. If you'll put it on the screen, we're all just going to read it together. Starting at verse 14, this is Matthew 25. Starting at verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. That's God has given to man his goods. And unto them he gave unto one, he gave five talents. To another he gave two and to one he gave one. To every man according as his several ability and straightway he took his journey. Read it with me, will you? Then he had, that had received the five talents, went and traveled with saying and made them other five talents. 
And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so it was that he that had received five talents came and brought another five, the other five, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five more. And his Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou delivered to me two talents. Behold, I've gained two more beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now I want you to see that five and two equal ruler over many. That God took whatever small faithfulness people had and turned it into great rulership. Come on, somebody. When you were put on earth, you were put here, designed by God with dominion. You are to experience that in your life, but it is God's stuff. Everything is God's stuff. And so he's saying to you, you are to steward his stuff. You're to steward the breath. You're to steward your daily activities. You're to steward your time. You're to steward your voice. You're to steward it. This is not something you feel. When somebody makes you a steward, they give you leadership or or, or rulership over what they belong or what they own. You don't own it. They own it and you steward it. You watch it. You maintain it. You control it. You are controlling a breath given to you by God. God breathed into you life. He breathed into man. Your breath belongs to God, and so you are to steward that thing. Look at somebody and say, you're to be a steward. What does that mean? To win the, to win the lost. To, to continue to grow this church, to continue to, to, to proceed forward, we must become greater stewards. We must become more effective in our stewardship. Stewardship is not just about you increasing you. Because God said, if you increase him, you increase you. Let me help you. I think you're missing the point. If you increase him, you increase you. Wherever you want to go in life is about you being faithful with the little that God gave you. Ask yourself, have you actually been faithful with what little he has given you to steward? Have you, have you participated in ways? Have you overcome challenges? Have you looked past things? Have you been able to overcome defunction and and disillusionment and discouragement? You know, part of what we do in life is to overcome discouragement. You know, when we're in church, the Bible said iron sharpens iron. It actually bothers me that we can't sharpen each other a little bit more. We're just too offended all the time. How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe we should be less offended, more forgiving. Come on, look at somebody and say, be more forgiving. forgiving. Amen. And not so worrisome. And he says that if we'll do these things and we'll steward it, the Lord will bless us. Go to the next verse. Or is that the next one? 
Uh, he said unto that one, well done. Then he said, the one that received one came and said, Lord, I knew you and that thou art a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you didn't straw, where you had not straw. And I was afraid. I went and took your talent, put it in the earth. And there, uh, then, uh, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and I gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have taken that one to the exchangers, and then it, by coming, I should have received one more. I should have received some usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it to him that had the ten. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he that hath abundance, but from whom that hath not shall be taken away even that which he had. Now what has God given us? The opportunity to expand, to grow. Family Worship Center is not about Florence. It's about taking the gospel wherever God tells us to take the gospel. It's about opening doors that are going to be like this one. Holy Ghost churches with Holy Ghost worship, with faith teaching, with the, with, with the move of God's spirit, with a different environment. And right now in Sumter, South Carolina, some, I don't know how to explain this. I've been led by the spirit of God long enough to know something's changing in Sumter. Something's happening over there. I don't know what's going on with the church, but it's time for a church like this one to be there. I'm not suggesting there's not good churches there. Certainly there are good churches, but God wants to take one like this. How many of you understand? God gives a gift to a city. Churches are a gift. Someone in Sumter needs our gift. Come on, somebody. I know one of the things, I, I say this to you, but I realized when we came here in 2000, there wasn't a segregated church in the city. People would tell me, they have, they have black people over here at this church. And we might see, go over there, and there'd be one or two black people, or maybe we'd go to black churches, there'd be one or two white people in the church. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really multicultural. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, be honest about it. I know in Sumter there are churches that have African Americans in them that are white, and there are uh, black churches that have white people in them, but it ain't like this church. Nobody's shouting. Y'all, we ain't got to be afraid of this. Don't we can't not be afraid of this. Come on, somebody. It's time to change the culture. Look at somebody and say, it's time to change the culture. You know, God had to develop this in me. I thank God. You know, I am someone. My mom's from Tonga. She was born in Tonga. And if you saw my mother, you'd know she was from Tonga. And if I showed you pictures of my family, you'd know we was from Tonga. I mean, we are Islanders, Pacific Islanders. And so I came here, but, you know, I mean, I'm not black and I'm not white, but I look a little more white than I look black. <laughs> Anybody want to admit it? But you can just look at this nose and you know I'm not white. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Amen. So I never had a problem with all that. I never understood racism. I never could understand why people had divisions and why they thought the way they thought. I could never think that way. When I come to church, I never once have ever thought there's a difference between me and anybody else in any church. I wish somebody would say amen. I never once thought, I couldn't understand why we would even, how could you go over that white guy's church? I'm not white. 
Somebody say amen. I mean, who are we? What are we talking about? And it's time. Listen, they, they need us. This city needs us. But God has shown me how to do this. He's shown, he's shown me how to do this. There, there is something about this. You know, I, I see these meetings and they're going to have these racially inclusive meetings and all these big wigs come together and talk. And all I hear is fluff. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to make each other happy for some God, some moment when the city went bad or something went wrong. And so all they want to do is appease the moment. They don't actually want to change anything. Nobody's shouting, but it's the truth anyway. You got to change it. It has to change. You have to make a change in the way you approach stuff. We have to start thinking differently. We have to change our approach. You are spirits living in bodies. You are a spirit living in a body. Somebody say amen. amen. It's got to change. We got to stop playing these games and these spiritual, you know, hoodoos and acting like we want to change it, but we don't ever change anything. You got to change it. You have to make a change. Somebody ought to say amen. And God wants to use us to do it, to go. Listen, if I went to Africa, or not Africa, if I went to Alaska and they only had 1% black people, they'd be in my church. It's the truth. I'm just telling you because there's a calling to it. There's a calling to change an atmosphere, to come for real, to be for real about this stuff. You know, people talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Amen, brother. It's the truth anyhow. We may as well shout amen anyway. You have to break this stuff. Somebody I know that's part of why we're going. I know it's part of the distinction. I know it's part of the change of the culture. I know it is. Somebody say amen. Amen. We all have one call in God. One. That we may have a common. That is common in ministry altogether. One call. That's common. And it's not about our gifts and our talents. We all have one call that is common. And it started in the garden. When God put man in the garden, he said, I'm going to give you all the trees. I'm going to give you all the food. I'm going to give you all the stuff. And you are to increase and to multiply. Look at somebody say, increase and multiply. So from day one, man was to produce increase and multiplication. Right? With what God gave him. Do you see it? So in the kingdom, it is no different that we produce increase and multiplication with what God gives us. Now, just, just, just give you some forewithal. In order for us to do something, a group of you are going to have to go with us. In some capacity, some way or another. Some of you are going to have to go sing over there. Some of you are going to have to go play. Some of you are going to have to go dance and jump and holler. Some of you are going to have to run nurseries. Some of you have to be greeters to start with. Certainly we can get over there and get people started. But if, to, if we do that, let's say we pull people from here to go do that. This is real talk. This ain't no shadow stuff. This is Pastor Steve is getting out of pneumonia and you're going to hear it. All right. That means that the people that leave here to go do that have to be supplanted by people who aren't doing it now. That means that those who are not participating in the kingdom now, who aren't helping in nurseries, greeters, ushers, in the singing, in all those other areas, we cannot move to there 
unless we have people to supply us. Can, can you see that? That there has to be a duplication and a multiplication of labor within the house of God. But the very first God call on mankind that exists is that even though we have gifts and talents which can be given to us, it is to be stewards of what God gave us. Stewards. Taking time with our life. You know, I mean, for whatever purpose, I, I, I probably could have had somebody else minister for me this morning. It might have been easier on your ears. But I told my kids, I said, I'm going to preach because that's what I've been called to do. And God will take care of me. When I get done, I'm going to be fine. I wanted them to see my commitment level to the things of God. How committed I was to do what God had called me to do. It's called stewardship. Can anybody understand where I'm coming from? Maybe this will help you understand. I could be laying home in bed trying to suck down meds and, and, and just, you know, and try to recover. But I have to do what God called me to do. And he has to supply my needs. Now, I'm not a fool, but I'm also smart enough to know that if God be for me, it doesn't matter what's against me. Sometimes we have to kick ourselves and get ourselves up and start moving and start doing the things of God. We have to get out of our ruts and start getting into the plan. You know, it's time. It's time. It's time. We can go further if we can get past it. You know, the sickest people I've ever met are the ones who just lay there all the time and never do anything. Because all they have to do is think about what's wrong with them. You know, they sit at home and complain about this and complain about that. And they're sad about this and sad about that. And this is going on and that's going on. But when you find somebody that's not doing all that great, but they're up and going and they just have to keep moving, they get a little better faster than the other folks. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? you got to do that in church. Sometimes you've got to kick yourself up and you've got to plug yourself in and you've got to say, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get involved. I'm just going to take what comes. I'm just going to accept how they talk to me. It's okay. We'll try not to, to, to be mean or nasty or we do pretty good at all that. But, I mean, it ain't got to be perfect. Never mind. So our, our first common call is stewardship. Stewardship, to steward what God gave us. You have to ask, I mean, really, in, in reality, you have to ask yourself, and I'm coming to you because this thing is going to happen fast. No matter what, it's going to happen fast. I plan to make the big announcement and, 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 and tell you everything, and I plan to have it by our birthday Sunday. I just believe that, not necessarily it'll start that day, but I just believe that's, that's our announcement date, so to speak. But on top of that, let's go further. You know why most churches can never actually accomplish the plan of God? Because people won't take their resources and put it in the church. Somebody ought to say amen right there. We can get this done if everybody would just listen to God and, and give their time, talent, resources, abilities. And we're going to need finances. It's going to require you to decide that maybe that, that, that instead of buying the next $900 iPhone... You say, God, I'm going to give you something and believe you for a $900 iPhone. If it was just about anointing, if it was just about anointing, then, then, then there would be many huge churches. Because I've met some really anointed people. I've heard some really good preachers. But they couldn't build a, a large ministry. 
Because they didn't know how to effectively communicate what I'm communicating to you. Because they, it wasn't just about their anointing or their prayer time or their fasting time. There's a, there is a complicated process that requires us doing something. We need to achieve more. God's called us for more achievement. God increases us more and more and more as a result of our own approach to the call of God and the will of God in our life. How we approach the call of God and the will of God in our life is how we receive more and more and more. Raise your hands if you're believing God for more. Then ask yourself, have you approached his calling right? about his calling and his will in your life and you can never the bible says you can never count yourself as apprehended there's never an end to the increase there's never an end to the call you have never apprehended paul said demographically we are to impact our community if we were the only church in florence south carolina if this was the only church in florence let's just imagine this for one instance There are 44,000 or 46,000 people that live in Florence right now in the city. If we were the only church in Florence, how many police officers, how many uh, uh, doctors, lawyers, trash men, I mean every vocation of life, how many people do you think God would want going to our church if we were the only church in Florence? How many? All of them. Now, we're not the only church. But because we're in the ministry, our concept has to be bigger than the few people that sit in the pew today. Because someone in the city, whether it be Florence, Sumter, Columbia, or or wherever God has Georgetown, he wants us to reach the impact, the demographic impact that he's called us to reach. Can anybody hear what I'm trying to say? What, what a difference we can make impactfully if we'll do that. If we could understand. There's nothing so people, well, I just like my small church. You've got a small mentality then. Because there's, there's a way to work within what God calls us to do. There's a way to become part of a bigger family. To do these things. Because God wants to impact the community with his word and his will. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming larger. Dreaming bigger. And, and having uh, imaginations and, and things that God puts in your heart. Church, we've got to get bigger in our mind. Come on, you've got to get bigger in your mind. You've got to see the bigger building sitting here soon. You gotta see more chairs and more people that are being influenced. No, we'll not reach everybody, but we need to reach everybody God called us to reach. There's a group that fit us. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so God wants that. We need to believe for more increase in growth and more influence in our community as much as possible. We're to exercise a growing influence in the community. If more leaders, policemen, and more of the people that are involved were affected by this church and what we teach, it would make a difference everywhere in our city. If it were just good preaching and just anointing, then we would have to, we would, we wouldn't have to do anything. But we, but it isn't about good preaching. Many of you sat under good preachers, but the church didn't grow. Come on, somebody. Larger impact. One of the largest reasons is Possibly because of the limited number of finances, resources, ability, and money in the church. The use of it, how it's managed, as well as resource increase. It needs, we need help ministries to come. Look at somebody and say, the church needs the ministry of helps. Say it again. The church needs the ministry 
I knew when I preached this this morning. I've also known this. Never have I done anything for the Lord and felt so impactful about something that the devil didn't come and attack me. He always does the same stuff, whether y'all realize this or not. First, he starts with your health. The moment I saw the health thing, I knew confirmation. It was that simple. Oh, you think you're so smart. We've already been down this road before. We've already, you've already tried to dismantle us with some sickness or disease. No, no, no. I'm on my way to the plan of God and the sickness is on its way out. I wish somebody shout out amen. Then he'll try to attack your family. Then he'll try to attack your money. And then, I mean, he just, it's the same stuff over and over again. You know, some of you don't understand. When you start stepping into the plan of God, let's see people come to the church and they didn't realize they had a disease or a sickness. They get in here and they step into a faith church where we're going to get it out of them, believe with them. And they wonder, did I change churches and get sick? No, God sent you to a church where you could get healed. He knew what you had. He knew how to deliver you. He knows how to set you free. Get your mentality straight. When you step into the right place, when you're going in the right direction, if you're wondering why stuff attacks you, sometimes it's because you moved in the right direction. Not because you went in the wrong direction, but sometimes you step. I'm preaching now. I'm preaching. I ain't got much of a voice, but I'm going to let her fly. I want people to understand this. If you think that we're just going to step into this and the devil isn't going to try and stop it, well, then you just dement it. You're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. The devil don't want us to go to Sumter. The devil's not interested in Sumter. God is interested in Sumter. And he'll, and the devil will put up barriers. He'll bring storms. He'll try to stop you from getting to your destiny. But when you start walking towards your destiny, God begins to remove the barriers and tear things apart. Uh, if people could just never understand. Get a little more joy in your spirit when you start seeing this stuff. I went to my wife this morning. I said, we're headed the right way, baby. We're headed the right direction. We're going the right way. We're headed. I just, all I could tell her was, I know we're going the right way. And I'm not laying down for no devil. I'm not rolling over. I'm not falling asleep. I'm going to wake up and run with everything that's in me. I'm going to run with the vision of God because I know greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You're not going to stop what we've been called to do. You're not going to push us backwards. God has called us. God has anointed us. And you don't have any right to stop it. And nothing you do is going to work because no weapon formed against me. I keep saying it. There's not a weapon formed against me that shall ever prosper. You can't start a job out and think it's just going to work out. you got to keep walking and keep praying and say, God, somewhere the doors are going to open. I'm going to meet somebody. Something's going to turn around. Somebody's going to come. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, like the sound from heaven, heaven opens up and God pours out his blessing. Don't stop before he pours out the blessing. Don't quit before you get to the end. Keep fighting. Keep standing. Keep running. Keep going. You keep running. Whew. 
You might be in this room and know what I'm talking about. Because I can tell you this, I've never had God move on me with something that he wasn't moving in the church on something. If God is moving on me, then he's moving in the church. If God is speaking to me, he's speaking in the church. If God is advancing this church, he's advancing you. If God has a plan for the church, he's got a plan for you. If God has increase for the church, he's got increase for you. That means God is about to turn loose something great in your life. God is about to release anointing on you like you've never had. God is going to open up and display things like they've never been displayed in your life. Because if he's moving in this house, he's moving in you. Shout out your victory. Shout out your blessing. Shout out your anointing. The next thing's about to come. The next phase is about to unveil itself. The next doors are about to be swung open. We're about to step into something new. You're about to step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New realms of health. New realms of healing. New realms of financial blessing. Oh, hallelujah. See, I tell you, it's here, it's here, it's here. There's something here, there's something on it. There's something here, you just step in it. Just step on in. You just right now step in it, step in it with me. Just step on in, step in. Somebody take a step. Just take a step. Just take a step. This is my step forward. This is my step out. This is my step ahead. This is my turn around. This is my take off. There's something on it. There's something on it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, you get that moment. Once you touch that anointing, there's something you could just be, you can't even talk. And all of a sudden, something come on. You can't explain it. I can't give you words for it. I can't make that stuff up. It's just something coming out of the belly. It's just like, it's like you take a leap and that. Somebody's about to get a breakthrough in their finances. I sense it. I sense it. Somebody's sitting there saying, you know what? I'm ready, Lord. When you're ready to give it, I'm ready to give it. God, if you'll release it to me, I'll release it to the kingdom. God, if you'll pour into me, I'll pour it out. God, I'll give whatever I've got. Lord, I know it's right. I know the kingdom. This is about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead, praise him a little bit. Praise him, praise him, praise him.
God be the glory. To God be the glory. To I really sense breakthrough in this room this morning. I don't know how to explain it. 
But if you step in this morning, I just believe it. Step in by faith. You step in there with me. Step in by faith. Step in by faith. I feel in my spirit. I sense by the Holy Ghost that there's a breakthrough in this room for those who accept that task. To say, God, it's on me. I know it. I'm going to be a steward of what you've given me. I'm going to steward what you called me to do. I'm going to be faithful to my calling. Lord, I don't need to feel it. I just need to do it. And I'm going to walk it out by faith and not by sight. If you've got something attacking you, I want you to shout out, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. God's got victory right here for me. I take it right now. I receive it right now. I receive that blessing right now. I receive my turnaround right now. I'm going over. Come on, really shout it out. Shout it out. Shout it out. It don't matter where you've been. It don't matter how the devil came against you. You just shout out your victory. You call out your marriage. You call out your education. You call out your job. You call out your future. Call it out in the name of the Lord. Call out your healing. Call out your prosperity. Call out your total wellness. God, you're a blessing, God. Get rid of your anxiety. Get rid of your depression. Get rid of your discouragement. Take off sadness. Put on the garment of praise. Oh, come on, put it on. Just put it on. Just put it on. There's a few more minutes. Come on. Just put it on. Just put it on right now. Put it on. Just put it on right now. Put on the garment of praise. Put it on right now. Stewardship is the one is when one that is when one manages or administrates the household of the Lord. We are managers when we are the managers of, of life's resources on God's behalf. God multiplies. The two that God blessed the two that God made ruler over much were the two that expanded what God gave them put your hands up one more time with me here I am to Put it in a key, you can sing it. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together one. 
over Georgetown and over Columbia where we are. As we move towards Sumter, we speak to the hearts and lives of the people you've called, of the people we can touch, of the influence we can have. We stand here today in confession. Lord, while you're in the room, we confess anointing over the city. We speak your presence. We know there are churches there 
We're not in competition. We're not up against other churches. We just want to go do what you called us to do. Let us be in union with them and work with them and be a, a blessing to the city. Let us go, Lord. And when we come, they accept us. And, and Lord, there is no harm or, or, or division in the church or among us. And God, we come with the right heart and the right spirit. But God, there's lives. There are people with needs that have needs for healing and deliverance. And Father, we speak over them now in the name of Jesus. We confess your power at work. We confess your anointing. And we thank you, God, that you called us to go again. Thank you, you called us to go again. Oh, here I am to work.
I know we gotta go, but I mean something. Y'all gotta hang on a minute. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, oh Father, I pray over everybody in this room. Speak blessings from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I call them blessed coming in and going out. Above, not beneath, over, and not under. I speak anointing all over them. Father, everywhere they go and everything they do, touched by heaven. Thank you.